You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. Amen. Luke chapter 20, chapter 10, verse 25 says this. Then an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He asked, How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Um, a, a priest happened to go down the road, and when he saw this man half dead, he, he went by him on the other side. He crossed the street. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, on his journey, came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day... He took out two denarian, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him. He said, then Jesus told him, go and do the same. Such is the reading of the word. The word of God is blessed. You might be seated in the sanctuary. I want to speak to you guys for a few minutes from the subject, conduits of compassion. Conduits. Of, of compassion. Conduit is something that allows something to be brought from one place to another. A conduit. It's a source and there's a destination. The conduit is the vehicle between the two that allows it to be passed from destination, from source to destination. When we look at our text for today, it is a familiar parable that many of us have heard at some point in our life. If you've been to Sunday school, you've heard this parable. Um, many of us have heard sermons preached 
um, concerning this parable, the, the Good Samaritan. Samaritan is the title of it, the Good Samaritan. Um, listening to, to Tracy, to John, and to Cassandra made me realize something, that there's people out there that are in need. And it's not just Miss Patsy's. It's not just people who need furniture, painting. It's not people who need containers moved. There's a plethora of individuals who find themselves in need. I think sometimes we, 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 we get comfortable coming to church on Sunday. And it becomes an act of religion for us. I'm here on Sunday. I heard the word. I, I, I rocked doing the praise and worship. Y'all know we got to rock in the praise. I've done my duty. I've done what I was supposed to do. Now let me go about my life. But God has called us to so much more. Just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that the one purpose that God has given each one of us is the life that we live a redeemed life in Jesus Christ. But what are we doing with that life? How do we say, God, thank you for giving me life. Thank you for redeeming the purpose that you created even before um, time, God, how you formed me and knit me together in my mother's womb. How do I show gratitude? Here, here in, the, in, this, in this parable, um, it opens up... Um, and it says an expert of the law stood up to test him, to test Jesus. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, this expert in the law. I don't want to bury the lead. The lead is compassion. But this is a setup to why this question was asked. The, um, he wanted to test Jesus because he was an expert in the law. So let me ask him this real theological question to see if I can trip Jesus up. But isn't it something that Jesus is not just theological, but he's also spiritual? He, 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 don't just, he, he don't just know the word. He is the word. And so he was going to challenge Jesus, test Jesus um, with this question. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So his question was, how can I be saved? How can I be part of the kingdom? Now, he didn't want to really be part of the kingdom. He wanted to test Jesus, right? Because, um, and he used this um, as a test of how well Jesus knew the law. If I can trip him up, if he can say something against the law. So Jesus' response was, what is written? What is written in the law that you are expert in? Right. I love that. You ask a question with a question when you know people. Right. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because in most cases, we already know the answer. And many times we ask people um, questions because we look for validation and why we don't really lean into the answer. No, nobody in here. You always ready to accept the truth. We always ready to do what's right. And so we don't go to people who are going to validate our wrong. We go to people who are going to tell us what's right. Yeah, yeah. We don't go to our best friend who, who, who will ride or die down like four flats, two ten toes down. We don't go to them. We go to people who are going to challenge us, right? I know we all do that. Jesus said, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And this expert said, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He quoted uh, Deuteronomy 6 and 5, Leviticus 19, 18. He quoted what was actually in the law. And many times, um, Elder Shelton will tell you, that's orthodoxy. It's truth. It is, it is true to Scripture. It's orthodoxy. It is right and it is true. This expert of the law had orthodoxy but was missing orthopraxy. Orthopraxy is just the praxis of the doctrine. Living out what you say is the truth, living out what is right, living out what God has commanded us in his word. He said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with everything that's in you. You love God. I think that is the first and foremost thing that that we can, the truth that we can embrace in our life is that God desires a love covenant relationship with each one of us. God loves us. We love him because he first, he demonstrated that love. He didn't just love in theory. He loved in action. He loved in action. He'd say, love the Lord with everything in you. That is, here you go, here you go. That is what Romans 12, 1 is signifying. When we love him with everything that is in us, we present our bodies to him, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service, our act of worship. You, you ever notice that in translations um, that, that, that service and worship are used synonymously? Worship and service is used synonymously. If we love God, if we present ourselves to him, that is our greatest act of worship, our greatest act of service. But when you present yourself to him, a living sacrifice, you say, God, use me where you please. You don't have stipulations. Well, God, you can use me on Sunday between um, 1045 and 1 o'clock. And 1 o'clock come, Pastor, you push it and I'm going to walk out. Use me at certain times. Use me when we're having an outreach effort at the church. But when we present ourselves to him, we say, God, use us where you see fit. Then he says this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if I ask anybody in here, you was honest in most cases. I asked you, do you love yourself? Many of us would say, absolutely. If you don't, then we had to have another conversation at service. Because you should love yourself. You should love what God has made you to be. Yeah, you should love what God has created. You should love, right? That don't mean that you idolize who you are, but you should love who you are. God loves who you are. But he said, love neighbor as yourself. So listen, um, you don't just eat anything. You don't just want to live anywhere. You don't want to be just treated any kind of way. No, you don't, you, you don't want those things. You, you want people to respect you. You want people to treat you like you are somebody. You, 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 you don't want to be treated like um, some, 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 some throwaway something. You want to be treated like the creation of God that you are. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love you and love your neighbor. 
But watch this. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So here, just real quickly, Jesus is not saying that we're saved by works. It's not what he was saying. He's not saying we're saved because we go do something or because we love. But when we are saved, we do these things. When we are saved, we love the Lord our God with everything that's in us. When we are saved, we love our neighbor as ourselves. That is our life's endeavor. We talked a couple of weeks about our life being our purpose, but God's purpose in our life is that we go forth and be conduits of compassion. Conduits of compassion. See, this this word compassion that we're going to dive into, the origin of the word helps us to grasp the full scope of meaning of this word, the significance of the word compassion. See, the the Latin compati means to suffer with. Compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. Just get up and leave when when, when, when it gets uncomfortable for you. Another... Compassion is another suffering becomes your suffering. That's compassion. I'm going to say it one more time. Compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. Another suffering becomes your suffering. So I want to leave this thought, this main point with you in the next five minutes. True compassion changes the way that we live and we serve. True compassion changes the way we live and we serve. Before I dive into, into this man, it changes everything about how we live. We saw the year office says, said this, experiencing God. How you view God affects how we view everything. So when we begin to think about compassion, compassion affects the relationships that we are involved in. The relationships are are. are work supervisor relationships our spousal relationships our husband and our wives got to clarify nowadays a husband and our wife how we interact with one another compassion how we deal with our our children how we deal with our parents today is how we deal with our neighbor how we live um how we serve. Psalm 103 says this, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. Lamentations 3, 21, 23 says this, I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not Consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God's compassions never, ever fail. He never fails to extend compassion and mercy to us. If that was not so, all of us would die daily in our sin. Because all of us are guilty. We're all guilty. When we begin to think about compassion that God has demonstrated and shown compassions unto us, then we ought to be able to show compassion to others. 
As we walk through this text today, we're going to see um, three people represented in our text. We're going to see takers. We're going to see keepers. And we're going to see givers. We're going we're to see, see three things. We're going to see three things. We're going to see takers. We're going to see keepers. And we're going to see givers. The question is, which one are you? That's the question. Which, which, which one are you? Listen, it says this in our text that um, this parable that Jesus was, was sharing with him, and the parable is just, you know, a natural story to bring about a spiritual principle, right? It's real natural. He talked to farmers about farming, right? He, talk, he, 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 he talked the language of the person he was talking to. Look at this. He said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. This was this, this road that, that, that went from Jerusalem to Jericho was this dark road that went down, kind of in the, in the valley, so to speak, and it was dark. And so what would happen is that people would stay, the robbers would be on the side of the road to ambush the people who come down the road. This man here in this parable was ambushed on the road, leaving Jerusalem on his way to Jericho. He fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him. They beat him up and they fled, leaving him half dead. He was half dead. And listen, half dead, stripped, beaten, hurt, looks different in different situations. It looks different in different contexts. See, listen, y'all, Miss Patsy fits that, um, that, that dynamic. And though she wasn't left on the side of the road, she had a situation and a condition. And regardless that it was health, regardless it was just life and what life had done to her, she could not help herself. And it's many people that we run into every single day who cannot help themselves. Come on, y'all. We walk past them. You know, y'all, we like um, Acts, the third chapter, when folks is walking past the beggar at the front of the church building, the gate, as the gate that led up into the temple. And everybody was going in the temple to pray and to worship, but they walked past this beggar and didn't stop to help them. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Don't, don't, you, don't you get mad. Don't shake your fist. Don't suck your teeth. How many people have we rolled past, drove past, walked past, right outside the temple gates on our way to church? How many people have we passed? You might say, no, I help everybody. No, don't nobody help everybody. But how many people have we passed by? There's people out there that's hurting and, and need to, 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 be, to feel a tangible expression of the compassion and love of God through the people of God. It's broken. He was, he was there. He was hurting. He was half dead. And it's many people out there half dead. That's why they're still in cars in the middle of the night. That's why they, they, they think that they have to change their, 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 their sex um, uh, orientation or their gender. That's why they believe they're in love with the opposite sex. I mean, with the same sex. That's dead. The world is dead. The world that we march past every single day is dead in their trespasses and sin. There are people who are dead because they can't move and they need help. It's not always because of sin that somebody has died. Sometimes it's because of circumstances and situation. Sometimes life has robbed them from their abilities. 
Come on, y'all. We are the church. We are the arm of God. We're the feet of God. We're the hand of God. We're the mouthpiece of God. Isn't this something that God took broken vessels, sinful people, and he said, I want to use you. My wife get on my nerves sometimes. I'm going to tell you why. See, see y'all, y'all already going to them set. I'm going to tell you why. She take all the empty water bottles and sit them on the table. She just put them all up on the table and just keep sitting there. She go grab them all over the house. And if it's a little water in there, she pour it out and she put all of them on the table so that when she go out, she can put them in the recycle bin. Get on my nerves. Get on my nerves. So sometimes when she ain't looking, I put them in the trash. Put them in the trash. In the trash yeah. Throw them right on their trash. The difference in our mentality is I see those water bottles as trash. Something I can just throw away. And she sees those water bottles as something that can be recycled, something that can be used again, something if it's just put in the right hands can be worth something again. So she said, I ain't going to throw them in the trash. I'm going to put them in the recycle bin. How many of y'all are like me? How many of y'all throwing folks in the trash? They ought to be working. Come on, I'm going to hit everybody in here. I'm going to hit you. I promise. I promise I am because you said it. If they can stand on the corner and beg for money, they can go to work. <laughs> you ain't got you, you, you ain't you ain't gotta say man, say ouch. I ain't giving them nothing. If they can smoke a cigarette, they can afford something to eat. Come on, y'all. I'm, I, come on. I know I'm in the house. So many people. If she'd have left them a long time ago, yeah. Come on, y'all. We, we make excuses and we dog people out and we're supposed to be conduits of compassion. What if Jesus would have said, when you say, Lord, fell on your knees and said, Lord, forgive me. And he said, I was trying to get a hold of you three years ago. But you wouldn't answer your phone. What, 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 what if he say, I, I, I told you not to go that way and you went that way anyway. I can't help you. What if? But no, his compassions. Fail not. <laughs> there it is right there. You're starting to think about it now, right? You start to think about how he picked you up and turned you around. He ain't placed your feet on solid ground. And sometimes it wasn't the Holy Spirit that picked you up. The Holy Spirit was in somebody else who picked you up. Somebody was a conduit for compassion for you. Compassion, compassion, compassion. We have to have compassion. This person was left for dead. Could not help himself. And here come the church folk. <laughs> here come the church folk. That's crazy, man. <laughs> church folk, we, we always, oh, hey, you know, come on, in the movie, you know, when you see the church folk come, then, hey, hey the dynamic for the church, here come the church. No, it didn't. It didn't change. It says when the priest came and saw this man and his condition, he went to the other side of the street. When the Levite came and saw this man in his condition, he went to the other side of the street. 
many times have we crossed the street from the opportunity to be a conduit of compassion? And listen, in my study, it says all these different reasons why possibly they could have crossed the street, why they didn't want to stop. Maybe they was on their way to go serve. Maybe they was on their way from service and wanted to get home real fast. It don't matter. The point is, is that they passed them up. They didn't just pass them. They went to the other side. The other side means that I don't want to have anything to do with you. Y'all, I'm just thinking about what if they could cross the street on me? Come on. I'll be a drug addict. I, I'll, be doing, I'll be doing 30 to life. If they'd have crossed the street on me, I could be homeless. If they'd have crossed the street on me, I could be broken. I, I could be a deadbeat dad. I could be a broken husband. If they would have crossed the street on me. The church, the church, we have to stop crossing the street. We have to get in the way of those who need the compassion of God. Get in their way. You have no Jesus never... Stepped over anybody, he called them to himself. The blind beggar who was crying out to him. And the church said, shut up. Yeah, read the text. That's what it said. It said, said, be quiet. He don't want to have nothing to do with you. That's just like the Levite and the priest. Be quiet. Jesus don't have nothing to do with you. You're a drug addict. Jesus don't have nothing to do with you. You're a whoremonger. Jesus don't have nothing to do with you. All your babies come from different daddies. Jesus said, wait a minute, somebody calling my name. Hey, 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 come here, man. You know, it's amazing that he called him to him, healed his blindness in front of the people who told him to be quiet. It it was a woman who had an issue of blood and wasn't supposed to be around nobody. She wasn't supposed to be around nobody. She ain't supposed to touch nobody. She touched somebody, then they're declared unclean. And they got to go and, and, and be apart from everybody for a season of time. Right? But this woman said, no, 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 no. I got I to gotta touch him. Because if I could just touch him. Come on. And it said that she was thronging. She was pressing her way. Right? I just see this woman on her knees. Crawling. Pushing legs off to the side. And when she touched Jesus, he said, whoa. (laughs) When you need something for Jesus to touch him, you ain't. He know you touched him. He said, who touched me? So listen to what the church said. Listen to what the church said. All these people around you, and you're going to say, who touched you? No, Jesus said, no, this is a different touch. See, y'all waiting on the next fish fry. That person needs something from me that only I can give them. And he healed that woman. The touch healed that woman. They crossed to the other side of the street. Listen, we have to understand that God has called us to be conduits of compassion. And that is going to directly affect how we live and how we serve. So the church passed by. But in this parable, Jesus wanted to make a point. Jesus said, but here comes a Samaritan down the road. Now, f- for those who may not understand, real quick, I don't get too deep in the weeds. The Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other. Jew- Jew- Jews said that because they were mixed breeds or half breeds, as they called them, that, that they weren't true Jews, so they didn't like them. 
And because they didn't, the, the, the Jews didn't like Samaritans, Samaritans didn't like them back. Yeah, yeah, sound real familiar, don't it? But guess what? The Samaritan came down the road. And the Samaritan came down the road, and the Samaritan saw him. I need y'all to get this. The Samaritan saw him. And it says that when he saw him, he came up to him. And he had compassion. Now listen, he saw the condition of the man and had compassion. That's the first thing that he felt was compassion. He didn't say, man, you know you ain't supposed to be out here at night. You ain't supposed to be carrying that much money in your pocket. Why, why you would take your necklace off? He didn't ask him all those questions, right? Because he understood that his heartbreak is now my heartbreak. His suffering is now my suffering. So when he saw the man half dead, he didn't see a problem. He saw an opportunity. An opportunity to demonstrate compassion. Compassion, compassion. Compassion is love in action. It's love in action. It's not a, it's not a simple feeling. It's, it's my response to this deep compassion. They, they said it's, it's translated when you begin to think about compassion. It, 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 it translates bowels. Bowels. And, and what it means by bowels is the innermost part. Way down deep inside. Bowels. That means that I don't just look at somebody and feel sorry for them. But because their heartache becomes mine and because their suffering becomes mine, I don't, I'm not comfortable until I help them. He, he had compa- love is compassion is love in action. It's not me just feeling sorry for you and pitying you. It's doing something about it. It's doing something about it. He had compassion. And when we understand compassion and a serving out of compassion, our love and action, it's not about what you have. It's about what you're willing to give, what you're willing to do, what, you, what kind of time are you willing to take. That's compassion. Because many times we say, well, I only have. That's our excuse for not helping. Well, I have to be somewhere. But what would happen if we got uncomfortable? When we start hurting people. What would happen if we couldn't sleep at night when we saw hurting people? What would happen if we say we're going to help hurting people as a corporate body in Christ that you said, oh, I had this on the calendar, but I'm going to cancel it. They call that a holy hush. What would happen? How, we, we will be able to touch the lives of so many people in a profound way that can impact the kingdom. Watch this, and I'm done. We'll go through them uh, 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 kind of fast. How did he demonstrate compassion? First, he went to him. He went to him. 
He didn't wait for him to come to the church and ring the doorbell. Huh, to, to send an email. Uh, none of those. He went to him. He saw him hurting and he went to him. He himself. He didn't go get some homies. He went to him. He didn't go get another prayer partner. He went to him. He saw the need and he acted in the moment in order that he might help this man who was half dead. Says, but a Samaritan on his journey came, um, uh, came up to him, and when he saw him, the man, he had compassion. And he went over to him and bandaged his wounds. So first he went to him. Then he used what he had. He used what he had. What was amazing to me is that um, in this parable, and I know it's a parable and it's bringing out a spiritual uh, principle, but um, I don't believe that when we go out in our day that we pack what we need to help somebody who might be half dead on the side of the road. No, he, he just left. He was on a journey. So if he bandaged him up, that means he used something that was for another use. See, see, that, 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 that means that his nice shirt that he had packed to wear when he get to wherever he was going, he took that shirt and he wrapped up and bandaged with his good stuff. He used what he had. Y'all, we have to learn how to use what we have and not worship and idolize the stuff that we have, but be willing to help people who find themselves in need. He used what he had. He bandaged them up. He poured olive oil and wine. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know last time you bought a bottle of oil, olive oil. But, 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 but in those days, in those days, olive oil was, was expensive. It wasn't cheap. That, that's how they mixed certain things. That's how they, they used it in anointing. They used it in all types of perfumes. They used it in so many places. It wasn't cheap. And I ain't going to talk to the saints about their wine. The good wine. Y'all know the good wine? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in church. Let's stop. Let me stop. Because y'all ain't going to be honest. Y'all ain't going to be honest in the church. Not that bottom shelf wine. Not the Boone's Farm. <laughs> Not the stuff you get from the gas station. The stuff you get from the wine shop. He used this to help this person in need. Expense didn't matter in the moment. Only thing mattered is I got to help this person in need. And even if it costs me what's valuable to me, I'll still use it. We hold certain things back. This man, he went to him. He went where he was. He used what he had. And then he spent time. With this man. Watch this. Then he put him on his animal. That means he walked. Yeah. He walked. So he put the man on his animal and he walked. While the man rode the animal. Y'all, come on. Are we willing to be inconvenienced? Are we willing to, to sacrifice? Huh? 
When somebody ain't got blisters on the bottom of their feet, then you take off your shoes and give them to them. Come on, y'all, y'all pastor, you tripping now. Nah, these them, 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 them new fly air Jordan joints. But we put more value in our stuff than we do in the compassion that we didn't even earn that flows through us. No, I ain't, uh-uh, no, I ain't walking. I get him a bus pass and I meet him there. He, he put him on his animal and he walked beside the animal to ensure this man got to a place where he could care for him. He put him on an animal, took him to the hotel, and he took care of him. He took time. Now, remember, this man was going somewhere. Don't know where he was going, but he was going somewhere. He stopped. He allowed his life to be inconvenienced in order that he could help somebody else. Y'all... I'm just letting the text do, do what it do. He was inconvenienced on purpose. On purpose. It wasn't something he could change, and he did it in the moment. He ain't had no cell phone to call him and tell him he's going to be late. He intentionally went back and stayed with the man. He went to him. He used what he had. He spent time with him. He gave of his resources. Look what happened. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, take care of him. Now, now he used his money. He used his money. Well, say it one more time. He used his money. To say, I want to help you. I don't listen, I don't make a difference what happened to you and why you're in the situation you're doing. Here is something that can meet the need. He paid for his room, and watch this. He said, if there's anything else, now, 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 now listen, y'all, if there's anything, he said, I'm coming back. One of the things that we have to do when we are serving people, when we are conduits of compassion, when we help them up off the road, right, after, after we use what we have, after we inconvenience ourselves, we got to make sure we follow up. Got to make sure you follow up. Come on, everybody don't get up on the first go round. Sometimes you got to come back and catch them again. Yeah, so, sometimes you got to. We got to follow up. We got to love people enough to say, I'm coming back tomorrow to check on you. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming back. Coming back, right? And with that point being made, y'all, I, I need some bras to go put Miss Patsy furniture on her, her son porch uh, at the church today. But we go back and we check on them. Sometimes, come on, y'all. I know one sword and, and one water and, and God give it the increase, but that don't stop our serving. We serve. He served. He, he, he was intentional in his service, and he made plans to come back. I love this because he was a conduit of compassion. Listen, y'all, I, I, I didn't plan a whole job. I just wanted to read the text. He went to him. He used what he had. He spent time with him. He gave him his resources, and he served beyond the moment. He followed up. This is compassion. This is compassion. This compassion is the ministry that God is calling us to. Right. And it's not just the ministry of going and 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 helping homeless people. It's not just the ministry of helping people who are, are half dead in the sense of their health. It's a ministry of the gospel. 
everyone who don't know Jesus Christ is dead. They're not half dead. They whole dead. They, they're dead in their sins and their trespasses. And they don't have a way out. We talked about it on Wednesday night that if we don't do this work, who will? Who will share this gospel of Jesus Christ? Who will share the message of the cross? Who will go like the prophet did into the graveyard of the world and let the Holy Spirit blow on the word of God as we speak it that you can live in Jesus Christ. You can live. He died so you can live. That's what he's called us to. We are conduits of Compassion, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in our affliction. Watch this. Why? Look at the word of God. So that we may be able... To comfort those who are in any kind of affliction. Watch this. Through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. How many of you know that God ensures that you have an overflow of compassion and comfort? Y'all, come on. I know it don't always feel like it. I know your body don't always feel like it, but there's always an overflow of comfort because God don't just want you to benefit from the comfort. He wants you to be a conduit of. It's the hose that's catching everything else and draining off in the life of somebody else. God said, I'm giving you comfort so that you can be comfort to somebody else. I've given you the gospel so that you can demonstrate the gospel to somebody else. I gave you new life so that you can show new life to somebody else. Look at God using broken things and recycle them to be something that is useful in his hands. We are conduits of Compassion. And lastly, I'm going to end with a scripture. First Peter 4, 10 and 11 says this. Just as each one has received a gift. Here it is. Use it to serve others. Here it is. This is, this is it. We can't keep making excuses on why we're not serving in a way that honors and glorifies God. And watch this. Regardless of how much you serve, you can still serve more. Y'all, you can get mad all you want, suck your teeth and get mad. We can always do more because there's a constant flow of comfort and compassion that God has extended unto us. He has given us the certain gifts that we can use those gifts to serve others. Watch this. As good stewards. Watch this. What are we stewards of? The manifold grace of God. Y'all, yeah. I don't know about y'all. See, 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 grace. Great. You know what grace is? Grace is me saying to, to, to my son who had three accidents, here, you can drive my truck. In other words, grace is valuable. 
And when you understand that you don't deserve grace, you, 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 don't, you, you don't deserve to be where you are. You don't deserve the comfort and compassion and the mercies of God. But because of his grace, and he said, watch this, the grace ain't just for you. You have to be a steward over grace because you are a conduit of compassion. And grace and compassion are cousins they work together. He said, if anyone speaks, let him do. Let him be as one who speaks God's word. If one serves... Let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ and everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Listen. And everything I just said, it's not something that is inherently part of who we are as, as people. I know this. I realize this. I understand scripture. But God in his sovereignty gave us his spirit. The power of his spirit. You know, I, 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 I love Paul. He said, and this treasure we have in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God has put something in us. He has invested something in us that we can be conduits of this grace, conduit of this compassion. And when we begin to understand real, true compassion, then it changes how we live and how we serve. I challenge you. Let God's power work in through your life in a way that you are willing and ready to be good stewards of the grace of God and serve those who are hurting with compassion. This is the message of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Compassion, his given, was love in action. He loved us and he did something about it. When we love God and we love our neighbor, we do something about the conditions that we see them in. What's so amazing about me as I prepare to close is that at the end of the story, we found out that a neighbor wasn't about what somebody was to me. It's about who I am to somebody else. Go and do likewise. That is my challenge to you. Go and do as this Samaritan did. Demonstrate compassion and let God be glorified in and through your life. I don't know which one you are today. If you are a taker, a keeper like the Levite and the priest, or a giver like the Samaritan. You may be one of those three in here today. It's okay. We can repent. And we can, we, we, we can begin to live out this compassion in a way that glorifies God. But there's one other person in this story that I didn't mention that I want to make sure I mention tonight. You may be the one that's on the side of the road. You might be, feel like you half dead and don't have any life. Allow us to be a, a conduit of compassion today. And just like those disciples did at the gate called beautiful, silver and gold have we none. But what you need today is Jesus Christ. That's the beginning of experiencing the great compassion. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church podcast. We hope you were encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, 
you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.